Welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join the show this week, as ever, first time in, in 2021. We've got Paul Whiteside. Happy New Year, Paul. Um, how's your week been, mate? Hey Rob, you okay? Yeah, happy new year, mate. I've not spoken to you for a while, have I? Yeah, no. I'm all right, mate. I'm not doing too bad, not doing too bad. Looking forward to the the season now as the, the fixtures are supposedly coming out soon, aren't they? I, mean, I keep I keep like buying my league express every Monday expecting to see them, but there's been a bit of a delay, I think, haven't they? But no, I'm excited now for for the season. Yeah, we've seen we've seen you on on sort of Twitter. Um, obviously, British Gas is a bit of a situation going on there, uh, and you're on Twitter banging the drum for your for your em- employees. Yeah, it's been a tough, been a tough week, Rob. To be honest, um, well, last week was before we went out on strike. Um, I've worked there eighteen years now. It's probably the the toughest week I've ever had. It's been uh, it's been it's been really hard. So uh, that's why I've, I've not really had my head in rugby league recently. But he's getting there now. Well, it's not getting there. We, we're still in dispute and over a few things. But um, it's not about pay. Let's just have that right. It's about turning conditions regarding was working more for nothing and, and rushing in out of people's houses, really. What time was on jobs and things like that where are not giving us the, the time we need to, to help people and do a proper job. So that's what we're all gutted about because, uh, you know, we, we're a really good workforce, British Gas. There's some really good people that work there and we like to do a quality job and look after people. So if we're not going to be allowed to do that, that's why we've gone out on, on strike, you know, because it's, it's just not right. But I think that's what happens with a lot of big companies now. They just expect you to, you know, to... to to do what they want and this this fire and rehire it, it's, it's awful I mean you know if, if this comes through other companies are going to follow and just to be able to fire somebody on one contract and put you on another contract it's you know people had more rights sort of 100 years ago didn't they in jobs so uh, we just hope we can make a stand and it's been great you know last last week or so since the strike the amount of support that we've had on, on social media and, and the amount of support I've had personally has been tremendous the amount of people who sent me a nice message and that really did lift me because Monday, Tuesday last week I was probably one of the lowest points of my life it was awful so uh, no the support we've had has been tremendous and we might not win the fight but we're certainly having a good go yeah, I just I just think, Paul, with with the COVID situation, you know, people like yourself who who are out and about, they need to be protected. They need to be, you know, be secure in the job and and get paid money. And it's important, obviously, like you said, it's not about money, but they, they need. I think you know you should be being paid the right amount of money and you should have the right protections in. Uh, it's important. We'll see what happens, but I think it's just. I think having a platform like this allows you to, to go out and talk to the people and, and explain the situation on what, what's going on. I think it's braver to do that. Yeah, well, that's, that's that's one thing that was disappointing because since the pandemic started, you know, quite a few people got furloughed. I mean, I never got furloughed. I didn't want to be furloughed. I asked my manager not to furlough me because I wanted to stay in work because I enjoy me work. I love my job. Um, and I didn't. But a lot of the lads who, and ladies that did get furloughed, they were doing food banks and all sorts of things for the the Trussell Trust and, and stuff like that, you know, giving um, food deliveries and, all, and just doing all sorts of things on the, on the days off. So it, it was, and all the time, the company was sort of plotting this behind our backs. And it's been a tough few months going into people's houses when they've got COVID. I've been to quite a few where they were positive um, and you had to wear your PPE and this, that and the other. I mean, I've never been someone who's been worried about stuff like that. I'll just go and do it. Um but it's not been easy. It's been quite stressful, and you've worried, and especially with the COVID situation as well. I think mentally, 
that's had a big effect on, on everybody in the country. So, you know, we've not been able to do the, the normal everyday things. Your life's changed so much over 12 months. So, basically, a lot of us have just got our heads down and got on with it. But to be kicked in the teeth time and time again has not been nice. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to going to change in the near future and having rugby league back in my life <laughs> will be nice as well because when that's not there as well and it, 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 it's difficult because all you are literally doing is going to, to work and then going to bed again so uh, yeah 2020 has been a tough year you know Ian Watson's gone my favourite player Chris Wellham's gone my job's <laughs> on the line it's like, my life's been turned upside down but no I'm still smiling Rob and uh, looking forward to chatting about Salford yeah stick it to the man Paul viva revolution let's see what happens eh <laughs> Wolfie Whiteside, I've been called by. Wolfie Whiteside. There's, there's the chant, <laughs> Wolfie Whiteside. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's talk uh, Let's talk rugby now, Paul. You know, we've had a few big stories uh, since, since you've been on last. Talking about new signings, we've had a few that's come in. Who are you looking forward to uh, seeing the most? Um, that's a good question. Uh, this, this guy from... Australia, this Elijah Taylor looks a, a really big unit, doesn't he? And uh, according to his stats in the NRL, he's he's played a lot of games over there and uh, has been quite a consistent player. So I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Um, Jack Wells, as well, a local lad. Um, hoping to speak to him in the next couple of weeks. He's he's um, he's come through as well and spent time at Wigan there. So he, I think he's an exciting player. You know, Morgan Escaray, Danny Addy was a surprise signing for me, but a guy that's always impressed me when I've seen him play. You know, as a whole-hearted player. Harvey Levet, I think, is an excellent signing. I think um, whenever I've seen him play at Warrington, he's always played well. And then I think they loaned him out to Hull KR, and I always thought he was he's good enough to be in Warrington's first team. So I think he's a real exciting player for us to sign. I think Joel Burgess, as you and Parky said on the podcast last week, he called him a Rolls-Royce winger. And you're right, he is. He's an international winger, and um, I'm surprised why we can let him go. And if, if we can keep him fully fit, He's going to score tries. He'll score tries for fun. So I think there's 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 a lot of players there that we've signed that we can be excited about. You know, we've strengthened. You know, where we needed to strengthen, and we've already got good players there already. You know, like I said, Dan Sargent and Callum Watkins, these sort of players in the in the back line particularly are good players anyway. So the, these extra players that we're bringing in, he's it, it, bowling well. Richard Marshall's putting a good little squad together. Yeah, obviously Richard Marshall moulding this squad, Paul, uh, and it's great. I think he's done a good job. I think you know, in the situation with the, with the COVID, you know, finances are very very tight, and to to get the players he's got in at the moment is 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 very very good. The likes of Ian Blaze and Paul King certainly sort of shifting sort of plates there, spinning plates, making sure that he's got what he needs, and it's important. Like I say, these players who come in continue uh, to make us play that way, and I think. I look at what he's producing at the moment and I think to myself, these players have, have a slight difference. Uh, I've watched that Harvey Livert interview on Red Devils TV and he was talking about playing off the cuff and, you know, it, it's not what we're used to with Ian Watson. It's all about big forwards. It's all about completing sets. But if he's talking about playing off the cuff, coming from St. Ellen's, uh, Richard Marshall has that in his, in his DNA. So we'll, we'll be looking at a different style of play uh, with uh, Marshall in charge. Well, I think Richard Marshall has served an apprenticeship in rugby league over the last 15 years, you know, spending time all over the place, Warrington, Halifax. I think the the couple of seasons he spent at St. Helens under Justin Albrook and Christian Wolfe will be vital to the way we play. 
Uh, Miller picked up loads and loads of stuff off those two guys. Loads of stuff from being in the St. Helens environment and that winning environment they have there. And the players there, they work with lots of James Roby and people like that. And they've got all the experience in the world and he'll be picking things up there off those guys. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he's still good friends with the people at St. Helens. The likes of Justin Norbuck, I'm pretty sure he'll be able to pick up a phone and, and speak to him and, and bounce things off him and that. So he, he seems to have a real good network of of sort of coaches and, and players and, and just people involved in the sport. And he's that sort of guy. For me, he seems a really likeable character, a really nice, friendly fella as well. So he's going to have lots of friends in, in lots of circles in, in rugby league. And I think, I think he's been a great appointment for us. And he's starting to put his own stamp on things now at Salford. He's brought his own uh, assistant coach in, in Danny Orr. Um, he's, he's bringing some players in that, that he wants. I mean, some of the players we brought in, I think, were earmarked in the previous regime, weren't they? When, when Burgess, I think, we were being talked about while Ian Watson was there. So, But I think some of the other players that are coming in now are Richard Marshall signing. So he's putting his stamp on things. And, you know, every time I've heard him talk, he's full of enthusiasm and, uh, you know, really upbeat sort of guy, really likeable sort of guy. As soon as you look at him, he... I mean, I, I spoke to him, I had the pleasure of speaking to him and he's a really friendly fella. So uh, I think at Salford, he'll, he'll do it justice. I think people are going to warm to him straight away. Yeah, he's been moulding his, his backroom uh, staff. Uh, Paul Rowley um, has been appointed Head of Development and Talent Pathways. I think it's really good. Uh, obviously, very experienced coach. Uh, he'll bring a lot to that role. He certainly will, yeah. And I'm really glad Paul Rowley stayed because since Paul's come, he's done some excellent work at Salford and uh, another experienced character and a very another very likable guy. Works really hard, knows his stuff. Been involved in rugby league since he was a, a kid, really, hasn't he? He's always always been in rugby league as an amateur player and then progressing through playing at sort of Halifax. He was at Halifax for years and Lee. So a uh, really good guy, really rugby league guy through and through. So uh, he'll do a great job in that development role that he's got and that's the sort of person we needed in that someone who knows that knows his stuff and you know coming from a rugby league town like lee where he's from it's a hotbed of the sport isn't it and if we can sort of start developing players and bringing our own through like players come through in, in that neck of the woods that'd be that'd be amazing so uh and just the continuity as well of paul being there and knowing the players and, and knowing the setup at salford now I, I was really pleased that he stayed on because i wasn't so sure whether he'd leave and and go to Huddersfield with Ian Watson. I wasn't so sure, but I, I knew I didn't think he wanted to be the assistant at Salford. I didn't think he wanted to be, sorry, the, the head coach at Salford. But uh, I'm glad he stayed on. I'm glad he's going to still be working for us. It's a really positive story that. Yeah, he's the head of rugby development and talent of talent and pathways. Give his his full title. Um, he talks about wanting to have five homegrown players in the squad in the next five years. Paul, considering we don't have an academy. Well, is that going to be is that going to be too much of a tough gig? We'll see. We'll have to wait and see, I suppose, won't we? So I know they're on about getting the category one and category two back together. We've got category three there, haven't we? And, and those youngsters uh, at the club at the moment. So, uh, so why not? You've got to be ambitious, haven't you? And uh, he's, he's setting a target there. I mean, if you got three in five years, I think you'd be pleased with that. So uh, let's let's aim high. Let's aim high and and, and go for what we can get now and uh, and and bring some of these players through. It's been great to see. Recently, the news before Christmas of Connor Aspie getting the trial at Salford. We saw him come through last season in pre-season games, didn't we? And we were very excited to see him. For whatever reason, he didn't look like he was going to stay. And now he's been given another opportunity. So uh, that's a good one for us. So I know Connor's not a Salford lad, but he's um, you know come through our youth development system, hasn't he? So uh, I'm sure it, if he can stay there, he'll be, he'll be a good positive start for us. 
Yeah, Richard Marshall invests a lot into that learning and development and, and going through the, the, the different sort of processes. And, you know, having Paul Rowley in, in that situation helps him sort of manage them players through that, that process. And it's great. I I think I think it's going to be a tough gig. But like you said, they've got big plans to get category, you know, two and three back in, in, in the situation. And it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the, in the next uh, few years as well as what happens on the field. Because obviously the first team is very important. But if you can put a structure in place, um, that's only going to help down the line, three and five years down the line. Because you can get these players in young and bring them through your system. It saves you having to buy them, you know, three and five years down the line. It saves the club more money in that situation. Well, you look at all the top sides in, in, this, in the Super League, Rob, the, the sides that have been successful over the over the Super League year, over the last 20 sort of years or so. They've all had good youth set-ups, haven't they? You look at the like, Leeds Rhinos, won countless trophies, haven't they? They've got players coming through all the time. St. Helens have, Wigan have, Warrington to a certain extent have as well. So, I think you, you, you've got to go that way. If you want to be successful, you've got to have players coming through your system, haven't you? And uh, and, and that's that's how they all they all seem to be the, the club. So, you know, if we want to be up there and, and challenging, I think I think the, the youth way and the player pathway is the right way to go. I really do. I think it just bonds the club together, and it, I think you just make your club more successful. You know, you've got you, you've got people there who are, who are buying into it. I think that's where we need the, the way we need to go. Definitely. Yeah, other news um, from the club. Uh, they've announced a new head of strength and conditioning. He's called Gareth Whitaker. Uh, Paul, um, he's from. He used to sort of condition Warrington. That's where he kind of met uh, Richard Marshall. Um, he was part of the Featherstone uh, backroom staff in 2014. He was in the England international uh, backroom staff around that period as well. Then he went to Wales Rugby Union in 2015, and he was there until now when he's come back, to, come to Salford, back to Rugby League. So this guy knows what he's doing. He's, he's sort of trained and conditioned the very best um, that sort of uh, rugby union had to offer in the, in the Welsh uh, rugby union uh, team. They talk about the Welsh team being one of the fittest, so it's only going to be a good sign that he's now in charge of our boys because, like last season, fitness is a key key thing. And if he can reproduce that magic he did with the Welsh and make our su- players super fit, it's only going to help the team going forward. Yeah, I don't really know a lot about rugby union, but... I know that Wales have been pretty good over the last couple of seasons, haven't they? And quite, a, quite a fit side, as you say. So, yeah, and he's experienced there. You've reamed off that shopping list of, of teams that he's been involved with. So, that experience is going to be vital for him So uh, and vital for Salford. And as we were saying, we were talking about like the, the squad size, weren't we, when we were talking on Salford Radio? And we're probably going to have one of the smallest squads in, in the league. And like last season, we, we found out when we had Greg Brown there, you need that good conditioner, don't you? Because you're, you're going to want your players are probably going to play a lot more minutes through the season than players are at Wigan or St. Helens because you're going to have to do because you've not got the, the strength in numbers, the strength in depth there to play. So it's vital that they're in perfect condition. It's vital that they've got the right recovery. It's vital that they're on the right diets, they're doing the right training and things like that. So this is a real important cog in the uh, in the, in the Salford wheel. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm delighted that we've got this appointment. And every every team... It's like an army, I suppose. You, you've got to be built. You've got to be built right, haven't you? You've got to 
of the right people in the right places, the right people leading the right sections of the team. So you can have all the, the great players under the sun, but you need the right coach, you need the right assistant coach, you need the right physios and the doctors and all the backroom staff have, have, have got to do their job right, haven't they? And Salford seem to have had that over the last couple of years. They've had a real tight-knit group there and we tied a lot of the, the backroom people down, the physios and people like that on, on new contracts, didn't we? So they've got that continuity there with those guys as well. So I'm delighted with, with that and um, I'm delighted with, uh, with Gareth. I'm sure he'll do a great job. Yeah, I think like off-season, that's where you sort of earns his con. If he can make these players, you know, super fit, you know, it's only going to help. And obviously, as the season goes on, it's all about managing that fitness level and, and making sure that they're in the good condition. Because that's where I think, you know, we did very well last season with, with the injuries. There wasn't that many. And, and we were allowed to, you know, to operate as a squad, really. So we're hoping that, you know, we, we bring uh, Gareth Whitaker in. He continues to, to, to sort of build on that and, and make us bigger and make us faster and make us stronger, both on and off the field as well. Mentally, that's an important part of it as well, I feel. So I think it's great, you know, great things to come uh, from this guy. Yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. I'm really delighted with it. We, we needed to get the right person involved. And I think, I think Gareth's the, the right sort of guy. And as you said, the players, it's a tough gig. It really is a tough gig playing in the Super League. And for us as well, with that with that squad size, you've got to be right. Your players have got to be right. They've got to be the right frame of mind. And strength and condition and fitness is, is vital. You come into the season, you want to be super fit, super charged. And I think we were last season. People said last season we had a small squad, but you know, we finished the season really strong, didn't we? Winning like the last last couple of games and you know, we didn't we weren't flagging at all there. So um, so yeah, I am hoping he's gonna get us in the same sort of condition, if not better than we were last season. Yeah, a uh, bit of a funny story really to finish, uh, Paul. Our new signing, Elijah Taylor, is now a qualified commercial pilot. Um, so he, you never know, he might fly himself over. Yeah, well, when we go to Catalan next season, he can fly the plane, save us a few bucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, it's a funny, funny story. That that's, He must be a clever guy then. Yeah. I think it's great. Obviously, you know, rugby players have to kind of find careers outside the game. And, you know, now he's a commercial pilot. He might be thinking sort of three and five years down the line, you know, maybe 10 years down the line when he's when he's retired and given up on the rugby. He can now fly planes. And a lot of, obviously, rugby players might might not want to go down that, that road because I imagine, you know, being a commercial pilot takes a, a lot of time and a lot of effort. But these rugby players will have to look at the futures, aren't they? So it, it might be a, a kind of wake-up call for other players when they see this. Yeah, certainly you do, don't you? It's a short career, really, rugby league players, isn't it? Most of them are retired well before they're 40, so you've still got an awful lot of uh, working life to go for. So, yeah, it's nice if you've got something lined up for after work. But just thinking about Elijah Taylor there, you know, rugby league players tend to dish out each other out nicknames, don't they? You know, is Biggles going to be his nickname then? Because he's a pilot. That could be one for uh, the supporters shouting next season. But no, really good story. That, and I'm, as I said before, I'm looking forward to seeing him play because uh, he's got he's come with a good reputation it, from the NRL. Really tough league that. And, uh, you know, I've seen some highlights of him. He's, he looks a tough player, tough defender and, uh, you know, a big guy as well. Yeah, with Elijah at the wheel, hopefully Salford will be flying high, Paul. Yeah, we're boom. We're boom. <laughs> so, yeah, just a pop-up podcast this, filling, on, filling in the, the stories that we missed uh, with last week's uh, podcast. Been great just to sort of chip in, Paul, and get back in the old routine. Yeah, it has been good to good to chat, Rob. It's been a been a funny couple of weeks, so, uh, yeah, it's good. I'm back now available for, for podcasts and uh, and what have you, and children's parties, as they say. So uh, just give us a shout whenever you need us again, mate. It was good to chat and uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to the season starting. And as I say, hopefully the fixtures are going to come out because um, there's been no um, 
no say of when the season's actually going to start, I suppose, yet, because I suppose they're still waiting for the, uh, the the current sort of COVID situation, aren't we? Or do we know do we know when the fixtures are going to come out? I think they're coming out this week, aren't they? But like you say, with the COVID situation, it's it's a different different gravy at the moment, and with the with the rates so high, I'm sure the the RFL will be looking at it. Even though I suppose they're all going to be in their own bubbles, but like we know with with football at the moment, you know they are. You know, um, there's a lot of football games being called off, aren't they, Paul? So I suppose they'll yeah. be monitoring that situation, won't they, uh, closely. Yeah, I think looking at a positive point of view, I think this year hopefully is going to get better. There's, there's jabs and things like that now, so if people can have jabs, and I think there'll be a progression. We were talking about before, it's the coldest time of the year at the moment. This is the time when people get ill, people get flu, people get colds and all that. It's got to get better surely as the spring comes along and into the summer, so fingers crossed people stay safe and you know, this this virus dies out and we can get back to a normality and people can start coming watching rugby league again. So we've got to look at it positive. I'm sure there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel. Indeed, 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 Paul. Stay safe, stay at home, say the NHS, wash your hands, and we'll we'll all get through it uh, together. Big thanks to this week's uh, Devil the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, and Spotify. See you next week.